Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're doing our season seven wrap up. It's the, the full season, it's over. We've seen it all. Seven seasons we've been wrapping this up. Still, <laughs> it persists. Well, the problem is we're not the ones running it, so we can't <laughs> wrap it up. I wish we could. Uh-huh. I wish we could desperately. Um, but I don't know how much you uh, really want to say. I feel like we've said a lot over this season about you know the trajectory of the show and stuff. And I have uh, like a, a good sized email. Mike, because you said something that I, th- I went along with on the podcast, but I guess I didn't really feel it. Do you really think that the all out the the war will last all season, all sixteen episodes? Because I, 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 I okay, you, there you, there are two questions here. Do I think it will be over by the end of the season, uh-huh. or do I think that every episode will have all out war in it? Well, the no. answer to both of those. The answer to the first one is yes. I think it'll last all season eight. It will take all 16 episodes to yes, tell the tale. But I do not think they will have war as part of every episode. Man, <laughs> I, I... think we're going to have a lot of side episodes and bullshit. Man, I guess I was... Maybe maybe I'm being naive or stupid, but I was, I was thinking that there's no way once the war has been declared that you could draw it out more than eight episodes. Man... I, they, that seems to be their one talent on this show. Because that's the thing. Like, what can you out. cut to? Like, 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 literally a garbage person mm-hmm. intro story, like, like backstory, Check. or what's going on with Heath for three episodes. Uh-huh. I, but I just feel like that got a Gregory centric episode. Um, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like that, I, and I guess they did the same thing when they went away mid season or they, with the season three finale. And they didn't do away with the governor, and then they came back with a three episode proto-governor arc uh-huh so there's precedent for it but i just feel like when you're facing an existential threat like the saviors that any cutting away that you might feel inclined to do would be excavated by the audience's exasperation with the whole thing you would think so like it's one thing if you're just bumble fucking through the wilderness trying to get to some place so eugene can hack a computer mm-hmm. but when you're actually fighting a war with a worthy overpowered opponents oh, yeah, what's your appetite going to be for three episodes of Jadis? Uh, zero. My appetite is zero for any episodes of Jadis. I, but I'm, again, I guess I'm too naive because I just think that I just feel like that they know that that they can't do that. I would have said that about so many things in this show. Like if you had given me the scripts for these episodes ahead of time uh-huh. and said this is what the writers plan to do, I would have said no, no. they don't. They they don't plan on any of this. They love us. Uh. But but we've seen time and time again they have failed to move the story along in a reasonable fashion. Well, well, I guess I should. Uh, yeah, I just yeah that that's the problem is I just can't foresee. I I, I can't see what arcs. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I can. I can. I just think like they're just dumb. They'll know they're dumb. <laughs> yeah, but they do dumb arcs. They have no problem with dumb arcs. All right, all right. Well, yeah. So that's the that's the one thing I wanted to, to, to kind of. Okay. After we got a few days away from it, like, is that something you really believe? It sounds like you oh, really yeah. believe it. All I 16 do. episodes. All 16. Damn. Okay. Uh, why don't we do feedback? Because I know there's going to be a lot of stuff to to talk about and right. expound on in there. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to let the users prompt us, the listeners prompt us for uh, most of our discussion. Give the people what they want. Yeah. And I, I apologize ahead of time. Somehow, between... 
the the episode airing and us recording our podcast and us recording this, which we are recording days and days early, like five days early. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow we got like a hundred emails, and I had to cut brutal, brutal cuts. Like there are people who sent in four page emails. That's an and unusual like, that's, volume. That's, too of, much. that's an unusual volume of mail for what we've been like, right? Yeah. Like so, it's like this last season brought everybody, like everybody's opinionated about it in and, a way they weren't like throughout the the run. Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, that does tend to happen. Like, we get a lot of feedback on the premiere and the, the finales. But I think it was a little bit more than usual and in such a narrow span of time. Right, right. Uh, and we've been just absolutely swamped this week getting ready for a little hiatus. So uh-huh. um, I had to make some brutal cuts. I didn't want this thing to go on two hours because we don't have time for that. Right. So uh, if you got if your email got cut, I'm sorry. Um, we'll We'll try to do better in the future. Which is to say we won't be able to because there are still (laughs) many, many two emails, too many emails coming in. Uh, Ben T from the UK says, my season rant. Uh Uh, I've always stuck with this show and will continue to do so as it's a part of me. But damn, this season has been so poor for the characters we love. Daryl and Carol have had nothing to do this season and seen no development. Carl and Rick again have had little screen time, it feels like. My point is, do you think we will ever get back to the early seasons where we would see our beloved characters every week rather than this gimple bullshit of showing them one week and then you won't see them again for a couple? I mean, maybe if we ever get a change, it's because we as fans really bitch about it online. Yeah, yeah. Because I I do think that um, it might be a minute before they try some of the bullshit cliffhanger stuff they did because they got such such a, a a blowback against it mm-hmm. and this seems to be like the community thing to like a lot of people are starting to say like the single focus like bottle episode segments and every especially since i do think it seems like it's a lot of like probably budgetary a way to cut costs on actors like and and yeah. you know split this thing up um I I don't know. Like this show still makes too much money to be doing that stuff to pisses off its core audience, and especially as that audience gets smaller and smaller, um, you know, like the the this thing premiered to seventeen million some people. By the end, around ten million were watching. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big erosion. Now, also the first the finale was a or the premiere was a pretty big uh, high watermark too, because I th- a lot of people that hadn't been watched kind of wanted to see that iconic moment. Um, so yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I do feel like that the salvation comes from us continually voicing, uh, our opinion of how we kind of want better. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think they're not as responsive as you'd want, but they are a bit responsive. They do read the fan community stuff and they're, they are sensitive to that pressure, just not nearly as much as you want them to be. Right. I, I also feel like maybe, um, they're fighting a bit of an uphill battle as far as giving some of these characters that you know and love a lot of screen time because the plot has been taking them in a direction where the world is getting bigger and bigger. Um, and it's giving each character less time to really develop and to be focused on. And I, I, I'm not saying they're doing a great, like they're doing their damnedest and it's uh-huh. working and everything, but, uh, I, I just don't think they're being done any favors by the ever expanding world right. of The Walking Dead. 
Well, you know, and the, I also want to push back a little bit because they're saying, like, you know, Carol and Daryl, there's no development. Yeah, I don't know. I totally I mean, agree there. I think there's dev- – but I do – there is something weirdly missing. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of shit happened to Daryl, but did it really change him? And Carol changed. She had a material change, which is essentially back to where she was at the beginning. Yeah. But what exact things caused those to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, that are that's the great like what pulled her out of the cabin? What pushed Morgan into the cabin? What got Morgan back out of the cabin? Mm-hmm. Uh, th- those things are all got like like they had interesting kind of little arcs. Uh, the problem is it's it's they're they're just kind of vibrating back and forth between two positions. Um, or things are do- happening to them, but it's not changing their core character because, you know, they have Daryl as this archetype that he's got to be, and he can't get out of that lane. Yeah. Uh, you know, like having Daryl be just like fall apart and, you know, want to do nothing but sleep all day for, for months on end because he's too tra- tra- traumatized and depressed from being a tortured captive. Nobody <laughs> wants Nobody wants to see that. No. So they're just not going to do it, and that's right. I guess that's why it's like it's not that things aren't happening and characters aren't changing. It's just weird and 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 poorly developed. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're done with a character, just kill him, you know, so that the fans aren't going to complain. When are we going to see Daryl again? Unload a whole well, bunch more backstory and right? then kill him. Yeah, uh, I do agree that Carl and Rick felt very underserviced this season, um, especially Carl. Rick had, you know, a little bit of interaction with Negan, so. Um, we got something well, from him, but Carl was this, just especially this half season. But right. but Carl got a lot of love the previous half season. Yeah, yeah. You know. I guess I'm talking mostly about the half. And, season. And honestly, like I thought, it's also kind of a weird move to split Enid off from Carl because they kind of were allowed to go around as a unit of like you know the young post post apocalyptic and uh-huh. restless. But when she moved to the hilltop and became. Like instantly, this well-adjusted, you know, pillar of the community. It it uh, you know their little their little uh, out outcast rebels routine just fell apart. Yeah. Uh, Jesse K from South Carolina says, "I've been watching the show and listening to your coverage since season three or so, and I must say I am increasingly astounded at how ridiculous the writing is. The garbage people were literal and figurative trash, and they could have set up the battle much better than the way they did." I felt like there was no real impact at the end of the episode, and it all felt like wasted time. Mm -hmm. This being said, I feel like the show has started to slightly embrace some of the absurdities, such as King Ezekiel's riding over the hill like Gandalf lifting the siege of Helm's Deep. Mm -hmm. Because of this, I feel like it has thankfully regained some of the fun in covering it. Uh, Yeah, I think at some point we have met The Walking Dead halfway. Um, It has embraced its silly side a slight bit more, we have also done the same, and, you know, we don't ignore the things that are absolutely stupid about it, but I feel like we don't we don't dwell on the things nearly as much as we could. Um, I, you know, we're not there to just yeah. nitpick it to death. Plus, I realize, like, I sometimes, like, uh, as I'm in mid-rant, I'm like, oh, this is, like, the tenth rant you've done. Yeah. Like, this is dumb. So, and, and but I, I totally agree that... I'm just judging by the live watches. I've had way more fun this mm. season than I did last season because some of those live watches were just really dreary affairs. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's enough crazy stuff or weird stuff or funny stuff that we were able to kind of keep it light and airy and, and moving the whole time. So 
I my my satisfaction as a podcaster on The Walking Dead is, is significantly up, even as the show is probably a couple of even notches further falling. Yeah, the the next email, uh, Catriona from Ireland, kind of demonstrates the just the the lack of direction, I guess, that this show is is really picking, um, and how that can affect the fans. She says this show is like the mafia; just when you think you're out, they drag you back in. <laughs> I've agreed with your overall consensus this season. It's been incredibly uneven. Uh, Sing Me a Song and Heart Still Beating being two of my highlights with Swear being possibly the worst hour of television I've ever seen. She says, I've watched the entirety of Lost and RuPaul's Drag Race. Of course, the new characters and locations, I thought uh, the kingdom was done well. Oceanside was terrible and the Romulans, sorry trash people, were freaking bizarre. I found JDM's portrayal of Negan satisfying in small doses. A little really does go a long way. But that's all beside the point. I settled down tonight to watch the season finale, confident in the knowledge that if I if they went into any bullshit nonsense about Sasha being a hero, I was done with this show. And, <laughs> and so they did. Topped off with a lovely dose of how much in love she was with Abraham. Uh, and I was done. I thought the best thing that could happen for me, uh, for the show, would be for Rick to get the bat and wake up in his shower and then they did it. They hit her with a motherfucking tiger, and it was amazing. The absolute highlight of the season, and possibly any season for me. I know it's fickle, but damn, any show that can have the main character being saved by both the reanimated corpse of one of his friends and a tiger in the in the space of ten minutes is going to have my loyalty at least for another season. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to see things on The Walking Dead on any other television show. It's true, but why don't they just take the parts that? All of the fans go, yes, that's fucking awesome, and make that the show. Do away with the rest of the bullshit that they're not good at. That'd be expensive. It would be. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're they they've they've got the the old saw about things you can have things done quick, cheap, or good. Pick two, uh-huh. and they're just going cheap and quick every yeah. single time. Can we do this faster? Can we do it cheaper? Can we do it faster? Can we do it cheaper? Yeah. And they were more than able and willing to sacrifice the good, the good quality. Yep. Uh, you know, and we've we've talked about that at length throughout the season. So I'm going to move on to Jeff, who says, does anyone really care if Heath comes back? I honestly forgot he was on the show, aside from the one Terra episode and when you guys mentioned it on your 716 recap. Uh I don't know. I mean, I don't know what his purpose in the story is at this point, and the answer to that is probably no. I don't care at this point. They would have to do something to make me care. And what's going to require a Heath episode, which I'm not going to care about. I was going to say, what would that? That's the thing. What would that even look like? Yeah, you, it's it's a chicken and egg process where you just hate fucking eggs, right? <laughs> like to get the chicken, you got to have the egg, but I don't care enough about the chicken to get the egg, so fuck them both. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Like Heath's last episode was a fucking fiasco. It was mm-hmm. the all female desert island episode with a bunch of it was the fucking the bridge uh, bridge with the dump trucks going ass to ass for no reason. Yep. The, the zombies under a pile of sand. The triple P. Like I I'm getting angry just thinking about them and explaining <laughs> all that and paying it off. Yeah, I I guarantee we'll see it though. That's another thread that we. That they could drag out season eight with. Yeah, like if I, you know, that's the thing. Uh, my advice to Gimp would be like, just let Heath go. Yeah. Let him go. Forget about him. He's gone. I don't need, he doesn't need to come back. Like, mm-hmm. 
Sometimes it happens in shows like Star Trek Next Generation set up this huge arc that was going to involve these fucking aliens that were hosted inside Federation officers and they had little net gills and there's a distress signal sent out to deep space and you're thinking, oh my God, when this thing boils over and you know what? Dropped it like a hot potato because it got fixated on the Borg and they never looked back. Yeah. Let Heath go. Let Heath be the neck-breathing aliens from Star Trek The Next Generation. Let him be the sacrificial Heath. Let it, Let him be free and happy in PPP land. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't need... Like, you've got so many underserved characters you need to redeem. <laughs> let, let Heath go. He, he escaped. It's true. All right, Matt says, just some quick thoughts on this pretty piss-poor season. Uh, but great season of podcast, he says. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm with you on pretty much everything. So much of Seven was contrived and uninteresting filler. Um, so I'll try not to get into a bitch fest as my practice was to listen to the opener of your cast on Tuesday. And if you hated the episode, listen to the cast and ignore the episode. If you didn't totally pan the episode, I'd watch the episode before the cast. Well, you haven't watched very many episodes. Have you? No, <laughs> like maybe two, three out of last season. Or the half season. Uh, so basically on a on a critical level, very little I enjoyed this season, but I didn't hate the Dwight arc. What did you guys think? In short, I think the actor does a pretty decent and subtle job of navigating the writer's wacky directional changes. And on that note, also, I didn't hate the writing. Remember the bit where Dwight approaches Eugene, thinking he may have an ally? Great subtle scene. And yes, Sherry stare smoking bits uh, were a little heavy-handed and overplayed, but at least we had scenes like these pre-deaths uh, or, or before the deaths of either of these characters. Overall, I was engaged by Dwight's development, thought it was the most interesting plot of the season. And yes, I know this is a standard, wasn't bored when he was on screen. Well, he does have the interesting, you know, uh, Christian Bale playing Jesus, playing Dwight thing going on. Oh, he's got a look, yeah. Um, but here's my problem that I, I think I first articulated. The difference between... Uh, comic book Dwight and Walking Dead Dwight. In comic book, uh, you know, we never he never ran into Rick's group and betrayed them outside the presence of Negan when he couldn't have. So we are already predisposed to think of him as a feckless jackass. Uh-huh. Uh, second, he was our only window into what was going on in the Savior's complex in life because Daryl hadn't been abducted and Eugene had been. Whereas here we already have multiple windows into the Savior's life. Like fucking uh, Negan moves in with Alexandria for like a two-episode stretch. Daryl was being tortured there for a two-episode stretch. Eugene moved in for it, – it, so it's like they, we the, – the fascination and mystique of that was just completely gone. Yeah. So – I felt like Dwight was largely redundant in his own damn plot line because we, he there was already all the things we needed Dwight for in the comic books. Uh, we 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 got through other you know through other remixes and mm-hmm. redundancies. So I I don't know. I'm surprised to hear you say that because I thought his stuff with Sherry was particularly excruciating. <laughs> yeah. And there, there was some pretty bad stuff and there. And it's just very weirdly directed because um, I went back and watched the Easy Street segment because I thought I'd be talking about I did just this interview um, with this guy um, who on, on first uh, Renfield uh, or Reinfield on first Fridays. He's got the show. He's a he's a British gentleman. He's got his podcast where he, he's got these Friday 15 or 50 minute segments where he just talks to people and. I talked to him, and uh, I, I thought we were going to talk about the, the, the Easy Street music video, so I went back and watched it. And I'm like, 
Dwight looked really happy and content with his mm-hmm. Easy Street existence. Yeah, like watching who's the boss and eating his bowls of cereal and eating his f- badass sandwiches. In course, in, in direct uh, relation to uh, Daryl's, and then like that was the choice of the director to show, like, hey, you, we want you to be maximum happy to contrast the maximum sadness that that Daryl is experiencing, and that's fine. Except for when you need to turn to script and have Dwight say, the only reason I ever did those things, escaped with their life. And, like, I don't buy that, man. I think you really got into this. Yeah. And maybe when your ex-wife was, like, super bummed out about it, it made you give you pause. But, like, you did you did enjoy it. You did, there were some selfish, selfish uh, creature comforts that they had here. And that's another instance of where I think they fucked up his arc. Like, well, I can't tell what's intentional and what isn't there. Because I can't, the direct, no one might have told the director, like, hey, later on we're going to, and they might not even have known that yet. Because I think if you had shown him as a man who's, even though he has everything, he's just as miserable as Daryl, that would dovetail very nicely into the rest of the story they wanted to do. But, Mm -hmm. like, it's so fucking siloed up and one reaction has no relation to the reaction they're going to have. And no, well, this conversation doesn't have any relation to the character, the course this character's on. It you know it 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 does two things breaks immersion and and it stops you from caring about characters yeah so all right uh, Barry C from the UK he wants to set me straight about the uh, Andrew Lincoln not doing twelve seasons of The Walking Dead theory because uh, I seem to think he's a megastar I don't know that I ever said megastar I said he's a movie star you said something like that I remember like is he yeah. really. Okay. A megastar. He's no Tom Cruise. I'll give you that. Sure. Uh, he says, he may seem like a megastar to you who's too big and are classically trained to keep doing this show for years, but as a Brit, I can tell you this is the biggest thing he's ever done by a mile. And while I do not know his motivations, leaving it is probably harder than you think. He is not a megastar here. He is more of a cult figure, best known for a bit part on Love Actually, and some hardcore fans know him as Egg on a cult show called This Life, uh-huh. which was about young lawyers sharing a house. I know Americans may view British actors as being very highbrow and maybe elitist, but we Brits really do view the big American shows and movies as the big leagues. Lincoln may want to leave, but I assure you this is probably a much bigger deal for him than you realize. Well, but that's the thing. Like, there's a long, proud history of actors. Like, like David Duchovny is not a fucking megastar, but he got sick and tired of doing the goddamn (laughs) X-Files. And he's never been anything. He's never been sure. anything bigger. Yeah, or you don't have to be a huge star to get sick of to your be job. like. You know what? I'm just tired of this shit. Right. And I'm tired of this script, and I'm tired of getting in swamp ass and goddamn Georgia in the middle of the summer. These <laughs> disgusting fucking zombies and having to talk like a mouth breathing idiot, covered in blood. Yeah, like like he talks like even when he's like putting a positive spin on it. The Walking Dead is a pretty brutal shoot. Yeah. And sure. I think and he that, could get just tired of the criticism of the show itself, you know. Yeah, because he's got you know he's he, he he understands and the constant like he's on this constant circuit grind and convention grind and at some point he's like, you know, he's going to have multiple millions of dollars and this big part of his career that spanned ten years now and he can even go on to do indie stuff or just I mean I don't know like I. It's un- like let's just say it's unprecedented for actors to be hammered, nailed down for these ten, twelve year careers, right? Uh, let alone a twenty year career. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, you kind of—I don't want to say defeated your own argument here, um, Barry, but I think you know, as as Americans take a look at British actors, 
Uh, so Rick clearly is the best thing on this show, right? Like he is one of the best actors. Yeah, that's but on but, this but there's show. but the, uh, honestly, a lot of these actors are really good. Like uh, Lenny James, yeah. you're gonna say? Yeah, Lenny like, James is also Danae, fantastic. Uh, Guerrero yep. is like I don't think that. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like they're in, in the, the the top six people on this show are kind of a, a you know it's a first among peers situation, right? But he's right up there at the top, and yes, I think his cachet as the star of the biggest television show in history, uh-huh. almost. Uh, and the fact that he's a Brit, like you said, there's this mystique around them uh, as actors here in America. Yep, Wrangler I files. think that could push him to, you know, if he were to quit this show, it could probably push him pretty far in his career if he wanted to. Could be, yeah. Because, like, yeah, the show is falling apart and is not great, but it's not Andrew Lincoln's fault. No. And Andrew Lincoln is, if anything, a bright spot in this show. So yes. He could leave with that dishonor. Yeah, and he's still got lots of leading men. I mean, he he, the, he with the shooting spanning two parts of a, a year and it being kind of long and grueling. Like, I bet it does very hard to break away and do anything else. And yeah. you know, he still got some leading man years in him if he wanted to try to do that, even in, in the indie circuit. So, and I could see like a studio saying, "Look, Andrew Lincoln has what seventeen million fans now. Right? Let's get him in our movie because that's a selling sure." Point. Um, and I don't if know. He fails think... a couple times. Sci-fi will be there. Like it's <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got the career that you can fail down a dozen times and still have someone wanting to sign you because, like, it's yeah. just how low of a prestige. And then you've got the con circuit waiting, oh, wait, yeah. wait, waiting to, t- to take as the undertaker for your career. Yep. Like I'll just do that four, five, six dozen times a year and yeah. pay the bills. And by that time, he's got ten million bucks in the bank, and he's yeah. sixty years old. And yeah, he lives in a country who's got uh, yeah. universal health care. What the fuck does he care? <laughs> right. All right, Caitlin T has uh, some over under questions for us. Uh, over under on, I, I guess. Okay, the aftermath of the fight at Alexandria is delayed at least the first two episodes. Are we going like episode number over under? What was or that? Are we now? Going, Say like, that. The aftermath of the fight at Alexandria uh-huh. is delayed at least the first two episodes. Delayed. So I guess so they're going to go off into a Jadis pre-arc, right? In a Heath hole or a Heath hole, mm-hmm. or a Gregory. I, I actually, man, this might be my naive because <laughs> they don't have a cliffhanger. Right? There's no sense of urgency, but I still think that they're going to come back to some kind of fall out of the all-out war like it'll mm-hmm. either be like if it's a trash people thing centric arc it's going to be rick's revenge on the trash people on way to destroy the the, the saviors and the other thing is okay. um i also think that the saviors are all whipped up too so there's going to be you know there, there's got to they got to answer for that too like negan's got a few hundred people all ready to go whip some ass yeah if the three episodes go by and Alexandria is unscathed, I'm going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. I get it. It's a couple hour drive there, but come on, Negan. Yeah. She's saying, I think we'll probably get the garbage people backstory and PPP revisited. Maybe a Carol Morgan episode with some organizing over their role in the upcoming war. That could be a possibility. Uh, also thinking episode three, will be a pre fight flashback to show us more of what happened with Gregory and the saviors curious about how not excited you are to see how they screw this up <laughs> pretty not excited yeah pretty not excited 
Uh, Mike from Tampa says, Season 7 was a 5 out of 10 in my book. There are five episodes this season that I considered good or above in ratings. Hmm. Those numbers don't check Is out. Is he talking about season for the 16 episodes or I last think so. eight? Okay. 16, I think, yeah, five. That sounds five, about that right. That be a 5 out of 16, not a 5 out of 10. Come on. Oh. Uh, I personally... <laughs> Personally, I think that Andrew Lincoln's acting has been great this season, but I think JDM's acting is what really carried the season. Even with some obvious character flaws of Negan, every time he was on screen, I wound up laughing. His comedic uh, comedic relief is probably the only thing that kept me watching this season. Overall, the season was meh. I couldn't even say that it was a good season. For me, meh is between good and bad, right in the middle. I think this was the last episode I will watch on a weekly basis. I will probably move to watching and binging, waiting and binging seasons. For a 16-episode season to only have five to seven episodes that were good or better, it's not what I'm looking for in entertainment. Uh, how, how do you feel about JDM after seeing him for a full season? I like him. I wish that he, in my mind, Negan would be best at 50% of the time he was in a Negan gear and 25% of the time he was in like even a more unhinged, like, oh, you forgot I was the bad guy kind of gear because of the other gear. And then maybe uh-huh. 25% he's like desperate cornered animal Negan. Yeah. Cause those are the times like the, 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 and what it is now is I feel like it's an 80, 10, 10 split. And that is not interest. That's not as, as interesting. I thought that there's a couple, I, I want to use the word flab in his performance. Like when he, like there was nothing when he was just doing random generic Neganisms because there wasn't anything to be super happy or super angry about. And he just would lean into those hydraulic, come on, Rick, what are you do? Kind of like almost Dr. Phil type performances. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, 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 I thought it was silly and, and hammy and like I said, flabby, but then, hmm. you know, when he's trying to break Sasha here or when he's yeah. f- afraid for his life, um, or like, like, Oh, I thought in the last half season where Rosita shot him with, and, and the, the bullet caught the bat, that's great Negan. That's yeah. really magnetic and I want to watch more of that type of Negan. Right. So, and I think the 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 ultimate solution is just cut. You don't need to go 50 what you need to do is take about 40% of that 80% and just cut it, throw it away. Mm-hmm. Because less Negan is better as as better as well. Yeah, I always found myself um not necessarily in his overperformances um being caught up in those, but in in the quieter moments with Negan those were some of the most impactful scenes for me. Right. Um, the, those are the moments where I sat there and kind of really just watched what was happening as opposed to thinking, oh, man, this is stupid or, uh, you know, ha- being excited about the action or whatever. Right. He he really brought something to this season that I can't really see anybody else pulling off. He does have it's that range so of vulnerability and ferocity and yeah. intelligence. and Like, it's the same thing that made the comedian such an interesting character in uh, – the Watchmen, right? Um, that he is really interesting to watch, but I don't think with the writers being what they are and the and, the, and some of the 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 crew, I, I just I, I don't know. I think less of him is going to be more. Yeah. Uh, Gabe actually had some stuff about this about your prediction that the the war is going to be over in half a season is totally ridiculous to him because. Of all the things that we could go into, the the hanging chads of plot here. Uh, but we kind of talked about that, so okay. I'll move on. Ian D has a question. Why isn't there a competing zombie drama on television? I know there's Z Nation, but that isn't what I mean. That's too campy. He's talking about a serious drama. 
Imagine if HBO or Netflix or whoever threw some cash at a competing uh, at competent showrunners and made a show about the zombie apocalypse. They wouldn't have to worry about following the comics because it would be a new IP and be able to satisfy the audience bloodlust more fully without having to worry about network censors. Not that I'd want the characters to curse like Jason Mewes, but it would be more realistic if someone could say fuck while a zombie was eating their guts right in front of them. Like many others, I thought this season was subpar. Maybe some serious competition in the zombie drama genre would make AMC get serious about this show back at, uh, like back in its early days. I don't know. it. So this is, I think it would be a tough barrier to entry. I think right. it would be pretty high here because I'm, I'm not sure how you replicate the success of The Walking Dead. Especially since it'd be kind of like if, you know, in the mid-60s saying, we need another Star Trek. Yeah. Like, it is, because there isn't, there isn't a lot of, yeah, there isn't a lot of original IP. Like, you know, you're you're not talking about, like, what do you mean by another Star Trek? Do you need another show set about space? Or is it, it, should it be utopian, aspirational? Should it... You know, like like what what should it be on a starship? Should it be on a star bike? Like should uh, that's that's tough. That's tough because there there is another there is another competition to The Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead, and it's even worse. <laughs> uh, you know, what about that Eye Zombie show? There are several zombie shows. They don't quite deal with. They're the not the same. Zombies like, like same a serious manner. look at long term post apocalyptic survival, which was right. why. That was the cool thing about The Walking Dead. It wasn't like, oh, God, shit just broke down. Go to a mall. Oh, God, shit went down. Go to a farmhouse. Oh, yeah. shit, things broke down. Try to get out of London a lot. It wasn't just a slice. It was the whole thing, It was, right? yes. It's, yeah. this, is, this, is a, this is a continuing arc about a survivor who's going to see it all. Going to yeah. see the fall, the recovery, the, or the, the fall, the bottom, the recovery, and then the flourishing. That was the, always the potential. There's not a lot of that. I mean, if you're HBO, you'd have to go and either find another like IP. There's there's definitely ones I think would be interesting. Like, do you remember that Dust novel? Yeah, about the sentient zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's there's some unique and interesting ideas out there that could probably be a, a basis, but it wouldn't be exactly the same thing. Yeah, uh, I still think World War Z could make a really good TV show. Like if or you like a took Netflix, or like a HBO miniseries or a Netflix miniseries, yeah, I mean it would definitely be abbreviated, uh, maybe like a British drama, you know, because mm-hmm. um, you could take like those vignettes and do one each episode, the the chapters, uh, and I, I think it would work out really really well. But uh, I don't know if that well has been poisoned by the movie, right? Because that was well, shit. Not but, only that, but the other thing I'm constantly worried about is what is the what is the civilization's appetite for zombies? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's Has already, it been... like, I, I think it's inarguably peaked. Yeah. Like we're definitely on the debt, but like how, how much will, will the floodwaters recede, uh, before people, before people will, you know, you, you get a base state of like people that are always into zombies. I don't know. I don't know. Cause we, we certainly went zombie fucking crazy, uh, in the last decade. We did. Yeah. Video games, movies, TV, everything. Yep. Uh, but good luck to anybody who tries it. I think it's going to be a tough, tough road to travel. Uh, Sid in Montana has some criticism. Says, I think your podcast suffers from a sense of indignation that the storytelling is not flawless. Not everything can be... Bra- there was a preamble to this, but I cut it. Sorry, Sid. Uh, not everything can be Breaking Bad, and while I agree this season has not been good, I think the aggressive nature of the criticism on the podcast espous- that the podcast espouses is a bit off the mark. 
In the last episode of the podcast, it was literally claimed that a flashback that we had not originally seen between Sasha and Abraham was a cop-out device. It's a story. It's fiction. The writers can do as they wish to give context. It just uh, it's just gets to be a bit much when you go off on the 10th tirade on the lack of realism that it seems like you're, all you're saying is, how dare my entertainment not be flawless? I think you guys pick apart stuff that just isn't worth it and listen to the continuous umbrage slash exasperation uh, that gets old fast. You're much better when you're having fun with it than being mad at it. That last line I certainly agree with. Yeah. Uh, I don't enjoy necessarily ripping into it mm-hmm. as often as we have to. Yeah, uh, and I'm not, I'm not going to because I I feel like I already defended all the points he assailed me from. Like I I don't I don't think they had, I don't think you you dismissed the actual argument, which is okay. Something doesn't have to be perfect, but this is the number one show on on cable television. Mm-hmm. Is it wrong to expect it to occasionally generate an Emmy worthy performance? Uh-huh. Like, and if you think, well, it's this fucking zombie show, I say, what about Game of Thrones? It's a fucking sword and sandal dragon epic. Yeah, like that's this is the this is the low expectations I'm talking about. No, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, I mean, it doesn't like like Fargo is a great example of a very good show that has a couple of big flaws and a couple of minor flaws, but it's still a very very good television and and takes both itself and the viewers seriously. I don't think Walking Dead does. And yeah. well, that's the thing. Like when when we cover other shows, you don't see us being nearly as negative. And it's not because we have some bias or hatred for The Walking Dead in particular. Right. It's just because it often warrants that that negativity. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, when other shows, we also don't overly congratulate them right. um, when they do something excellent. Yes, we're all about it. And we we talk about how great it is. Uh, but we also critique other shows, you know, mm-hmm. and and we do so with the same, I guess, the same expectations that we come into any any show that purports to be a serious drama, right. and that's what The Walking Dead has always said it was. Um, and you know, like I said earlier, if they picked a lane and they stuck to it, and I at this point I don't think that lane could be serious drama for The Walking Dead. I think it needs to be fun action zombie show. Uh, we wouldn't be nearly as hard on it. Mm-hmm. It's just that's the nature of the show, and I, but but it is a concern. Like I don't want to just get on a podcast and shit on something week after week after. No, week. you're right, and we've you know consistently we get feedback to where if that if we did do that, it was just a stream of negativity. I don't think people would tune would tune in, and that's the thing. Like if we can't if we can't have fun with it, and we can't have some kind of enjoyment and and either laugh or take pleasure from it. It's time to stop doing the podcast. Yeah, I don't think we got there, but. Um, but but you know, like I said, I, I guess that's the only thing I can say is like I don't understand the low expectations because mm-hmm. like this argument is advanced on Reddit. Oh, you just you know the show can't be perfect. I'm not. No one's expecting perfect. No, best shows no. in television are rarely perfect. But I you know I'm talking about one or two or three missteps a season, not one or two or three missteps an episode, which is what Walking Dead increasingly is averaging. Yeah. I mean that's that's kind of a recent phenomenon because even as back even as back far as like season three and four, you'd have you'd have, you'd you know you'd have a brain scratcher here and there and you'd have a turd of an episode, but you know mm-hmm. five out of eight individual episodes were were good, you know like yeah. like like you know B minus or higher type episodes and that just hasn't been true of recent seasons. Yeah, uh, but I don't know if I, I guess at any point if we ever feel that we're being too negative on the show. 
um, that's when it would be time to, you know, call it off. Yeah. Um, or, or change our, change our expectations, I suppose. And, and change our angle of approach. Um, if we wanted to continue doing the podcast on the show, like, like we have already done, you know, we've kind of, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's one last, there's one last vestige where we could retreat to, which is kind of like, um, way back when we did a season of the last season of 24 at Jack Bauer. <laughs> right. And yeah. we just, just fully kind of almost like engaged in light fan fiction where we just came up to create, you know, like President Grandpa and, uh-huh. uh, you know, we were just having fun with the characters and the absurdist situations and the melodrama and we didn't take it serious at all. Because the show kind of, the show but takes it so seriously Unfortunately, that we know I care too much about like Rick, Michonne and Carl to uh, completely just be like, yeah, I, I think I could get there, but I'm just not there yet. Okay. Uh, Ed from Ireland says, Negan is clearly suspicious of Eugene after Sasha's inexplicable death. Has the mulleted one finally reached the end of the road, or can he talk his way back into Negan's good graces? Do you think you think Eugene's going to be on the outs coming up in Season 8? Uh, I think it seems from... like I think the most interesting thing to, be, to do is just to have him be a, a shit weasel. Yeah. Have him be the, the hunchback of 300. Like, he's just betrayed the group, and he's going to pay a price. Yeah. Um the mullet, the the mullet of 300. Uh I I don't I don't I don't know, but it seems like from the things Sasha said to him and how ham-fisted the show is that they're clearly telegraphing that Eugene's going to have another redemption arc. I think it's dumb. Uh-huh. Because here's the, it's just the same thing that Father Gabriel didn't need a fucking redemption arc. His original arc was a redemption arc. We found this man and he had betrayed his old parish. Yeah. And t- was tormented for it. I didn't need to see him shit heel turn on uh, fucking Deanna and, and rat out the group. That yeah. was that was telling the same goddamn story. Eugene's got the same problem. How many times has he manned up mm-hmm. and been a contributor yeah. and then he backslides? Like, and oh, Aaron, that's realistic because that's how people well, fuck. I mean, you, you know, television's not about normal people by, by and large. And if it is, yeah. it's a completely different type of show than The Walking Dead. So sure. yeah. I just that's that's I uh, yeah I mean he's gonna have a fucking uh, comeback and defining moment and then a season and a half later he might have another one like right that that's that's kooky yeah my hope is that he is not gonna do any of that my hope is that but it's he's just on board with Negan but it's tough because I think a part of it is the um, the Walking Dead has a very muted emotional palette mm-hmm. in the real world people can be high and people can be low. Um, but in The Walking Dead, people can be content and grateful <laughs> for the relative peace and stability, and they can be just like in, in unimaginable grief and pain. Yeah, there's not a lot of you know areas like you can tr- really traumatize them, or you can give them a moment of respite, and that 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 might be one of the reasons that the long lived characters keep flip flopping because there's not a lot to do between those. Yeah. Uh, but still, you know, that's the challenge of writing a zombie apocalypse show, I suppose. It is. I know it's, it's a pretty severe is, scenario. You take the already bloated source material and you dilute the shit out of it. That's <laughs> not. That doesn't sound no? right. No? No? Okay. No, like, that doesn't make sense to me. Maybe you take the slightly bloated source material and you take the best parts of it out, tell the mm, tightest version of that talking. story you can in a designated amount of time to tell it, and get out while the getting's good. Sounds good. Uh, Fern says... So I'll talk about how long Walking Dead can go because of the age of the actors or contracts. Uh, what if the higher-ups have a Star Trek The Next Generation format for The Walking Dead down the road? TNG went from the show 
then to some films to wrap things up. Do you think Walking Dead would go this direction? Maybe go two or three more seasons and say, hmm, Andy Lincoln and Chandler Riggs looking a little old now. Let's bust out a three-picture Walking Dead to wrap this up and grab as much cash as we can. Well, that is the old way of doing things, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you get to a certain part level of decrepitude, and you start doing movies. Um, and I that's probably the way the, it works, because it's a way to get actors re-engaged. Like, yeah. hey, you'll get paid... Ten times more to do ten, ten, ten times less the work. Right. You know, you we can't afford one... to pay you the money you would charge to do this year round. So yeah, like instead of sixteen hours of screen footage, we're going to get two hours out of you, and it's going to take six weeks instead of half a year. Yeah. And you know, let's just let's just keep making money that way. Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know if that's something they would do because, like, the thing is, is this is AMC Studios. Yeah. So American movie classics, right? Yeah. <laughs> so making their own movie, I don't know. I I, I don't. I, see I it. think it would do The Walking Dead a service though, because yeah. they would have to tighten things up if they were just doing these in two hour chunks. Right. Uh, you can't you can't make eight movies a year. Right. You, you just can't do it. No one's gonna see that many Walking Dead movies. And you in certainly a year. can't make The Walking Dead Terra. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> You pay your twelve fifty. You sit down on your IMAX screen, and it's just Oceanside for I mean, two hours. But that's the problem with the TNG movies, right? Like fucking Deanna and Jordy uh-huh. and uh, uh, Gates McF- Beverly Crusher. The, all those y'all. You, if you weren't Data, Riker, or Picard, mm, or sometimes, yeah. and even the guy, yeah, I'll throw Worf in there. If you're not Data, Picard, or or Riker, you can go fuck yourselves in those movies. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you'll get you you maybe you'll get a you'll get a mugging scene with Data, uh-huh. where you get thrown off a boat, or, or you can or sing maybe, some Klingon opera with him, or, or yeah, <laughs> or, or maybe for Troy you'll get a psychic rape scene. Oh yeah, the, the great. Day. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure that's what went down with uh, uh, the Nemesis, right? Or not Nemesis, the uh, no, what's Nemesis? I'll, I shit, I don't remember. You know, with uh, Bane. When Bane came and cyclic raped uh, uh-huh. Deanna Troy, yeah. I, so it's like all those all those B tier characters just don't get served in those movies. Yeah, so which is fine. That's I fine guess. if you want to do Walking Dead. But that's the that disincentive way. where all the other actors, like the big three, are going to get a massive payday and it's going to be awesome, and everybody else gets 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 shafted. You only need like two side actors. You can craft. Well, I mean, a story so if with... you want to do that story, what I would do is I'd kill off everybody except for Michonne, Rick, and Carl. Okay. Like, like they flee from whatever, and then the movies are about them and just them. Yeah. Shed all, shed all the weight. I don't know. I think it could help. Uh, John G. from Cincinnati says, I think we all agree we could have had a little less Sasha coffin time in the season finale, but we know it had to be an extra long episode, so I propose these replacement scenes for uh, the coffin scenes. Scene one, Carol doing picture flashcards with the tiger. This is Rick. He's okay. No arm ripping. <laughs> this is Negan. Rip away, my friend. <laughs> Season two. After Sasha tells him she wants to sleep in the coffin, Negan climbs in his truck. His driver says, isn't that suspicious, her wanting to ride in the coffin? Negan replies, hell no. My dad owned a funeral home when I was a kid, and there is no better nap than a coffin nap. <laughs> I'm with her on this one. <laughs> that Season- me and Lucille going to take up a coffin when we get back. Get, <laughs> get on that, Dwight. Right. Uh, Season three, or scene three, sorry. Carol sees Maggie and crew on the road, and after a round of hugs, Maggie says, I know a secret way into Alexandria through a sewer. We should be able to surprise them for sure. 
Carol replies, good thing. I'm guessing that Rick did something hilariously naive, which probably ended badly. <laughs> and they all have a good laugh about it. Uh, and finally, see, scene four, during the battle, Dwight furiously blinks Morse code to Daryl that he would leave him a message <laughs> written on an army man on the ground in a random place that only he would find. Uh, spoiler alert, this begins a secret communication between them by way of incredibly legible notes on tiny army men left in a mailbox, which leads to the saviors being defeated, kind of like a greasy-haired version of the lake house with Daryl as Keanu and Dwight in the spunky Sandra Bullock role. Last but not least, fix the climax in one easy way. Carol is riding the tiger as it attacks. <laughs> you know, I don't know why you bother to send the email to us. You should send this to Scott Gimple at AMC tv.com yeah. because uh i mean like this this is the kind that that's that's the kind of timon and pumbaa power rangers <laughs> writing that this that would go over on this show you're i think you got sign a shot. me up sign yeah. me up for sure uh janet a says i cannot deny it there's a place in my heart for big dumb fun and i have a long list of favorite guilty pleasure tv shows and movies to prove it that being said the walking dead needs to decide whether they want to be di- big dumb fun or a well-written suspenseful drama and stop insulting our intelligence. Pick like, a lane, like Jim says. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I, maybe I served you up a little bit of dry pie here. Sorry, Janet. Um, but no, I totally agree. I, I'm, yeah. I, that's the same. Like, I'm, I'm not against dumb fun. It's just got to be consistently one or the other, right? Yeah, she says it would be amazing if it could also be big, smart fun. Uh, but she's lost faith in that mm. at this point. Yeah, it'd be interesting, because the other thing I... Because you have big smart fun or big dumb smart fun. Like, I, I think of, like, Rick and Morty, uh, who just came back. They they had an April Fool's, you know, I think we, we talked about in this last episode, but whatever. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what Dan Harmon would come up with if someone gave him The Walking Dead. I, wow. I don't even know what that looks like. Uh, it would be it, w- it would be crazy. But, like, I, I think it's funny because he said that one of the mission statements this year for Rick and Morty was to make it Reddit-proof. Like that, it would sustain. It would sustain. It would survive any kind of critical, like or pop, you know, like any kind of hive mind analysis. That like, uh, that's a pretty bold statement to make. Yeah, but I would like to see like someone with that kind of audacity to come to the zombie genre and 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 serve up something big, big, smart, dumb, fun. Yeah, I feel like that's a gauntlet you just don't throw, <laughs> like ever. <laughs> but all right, sure, sure, Harmon, go for it. Uh, Ashley says, hey, two quick corrections, FYIs, from the last podcast. Uh, Ezekiel never dropped his act with Morgan, only Carol, because he saw that she was putting on an act, too. Morgan probably knows it's a pretense, as does everyone else, most likely, but it's not something that he's been uh, explicitly expressed to. Huh. Is that true? I think that's true. So I I had this nagging feeling that that was true, um, but I kind of went along with it. Because I wasn't sure about it. I thought all those times where he tried to attempt to recruit Morgan that he wasn't so high English. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, like I said, I, I'm not case. saying that he explicitly, there's a scene mm. where he sits down like, this is all bullshit. Let me tell you. But I'm, right. When he I say drop the scene. act, I mean he stops with the, very verily, this shall be a day drenched in blood. <laughs> like, you know, that yeah, he just yeah. talks like a person. Okay. Uh I think you're right then. I think he has dropped that act before. Yeah, he's just never said, hey, I'd this be is open all an be, act. I'd be open to be yeah, fact-checked on that, but I, I, I understood that there's a couple in his inner circle that he's a little bit more, uh, you know, straight with. Yeah. Uh, secondly, the show's not created in ep- eight-episode blocks. 
like most writers' rooms, they write the season all at once, starting in January, and I assume they go through the summer. Oh, There's no effing on. way they block out all 16 episodes. Uh, is that a fact? Is that I, is that cited? I don't know what her sources are. Okay. She does not cite sources, so I couldn't tell you. Um, but she says she, she just thinks they have too many episodes per season and not enough story to fill them. Well, that's... Uh, that I agree with. Although I don't agree with it because they have... Well, yeah. 70-some issues of The Walking Dead? Yeah. They don't block enough story to fill them is the yes. problem. Like, they could And how do they make that decision? Them. Did they... Do, like, is there a, a guy... Is there, like, a... Okay, we want to get five issues further into the timeline. Did they, did they approach it like that? Because I don't understand how you can not... Where I don't understand the rationality also for just, like, not just following the comic. There's, there's a lot of things that I don't understand, but... Even if you're remixing, there's got to be some kind of target you're shooting for. Is it, or is it literally like AMC is like, okay, what sets do you need? You can't have them. <laughs> you need, we need to amortize another year of the Savior Complex and the Alexandria set and the Hilltop set. So, right. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me either. So it's like the writers would like to advance, but shit, they, they won't be able to get a new set until another year. So. Aren't the writers really the ones controlling this fucking thing, though? Like, can't the writers just write it and say, "Here's your season"? Well, and then figure the, it out, and you then fucks. The executives come back and say, "You know, you're fired." Fourth, fourth showrunner. You're gonna fire the whole writers' room? I, they, I mean, isn't that essentially what happened when Mazera took off? They fired the writers' room. I thought they just replaced showrunners, but right. But yeah, I, mean, I, that, I mean, totally that's when they a whole could. bunch of new people came on, but. I, I don't know. I I'm it just seems... saying that I feels it feels like that. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't defy the studio. The studio sets the the budget. They got the power of the purse. Yeah, but that's like saying factory workers can't defy the, their bosses. Like you unionize <laughs> and you do this fucking thing, and what are they going to do? Well, they all they are unionized. Right. What does it get them? I don't know. Good question. Big fat salaries need... when they when they hit a you know having 17 million people watching a show. That's true. DVD royalties, which no longer matter. Uh, Michael McBee says, what are your thoughts that Scott Gimple said the show will start moving at a faster pace starting next season? I think that would be very responsive to fan complaints, and I would hold, I think that would keep them out of a lot of trouble. I think that would keep them out of a lot of trouble. Much more moderate position than I expect you to take. I don't fucking believe it. Well, no. How about that? (laughs) Yeah, I'm, yeah, if true. um, Okay, there you go. But yeah, you're right. Like, I, I'm, thank you for expressing that because you're right. Why, why would I believe that? Yeah. He has said so much bullshit over the years. I don't yeah. believe anything he says anymore in interviews. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Kate from uh, Australia says, I have a little tidbit of info that you guys might find amusing. Uh, in your podcast following the Rick Michonne buddy cop romance adventure, you guys spoke about the absolutely hideous CGI effects used to create the deer. Uh, he joked about whether or not the show could have splashed out for an acting deer. Then you guys question whether or not such a thing exists. Well... In the season premiere of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season six, Willow has to murder a deer to get its blood for a spell. Horrific, I know. While filming, they used an actual stunt deer. Apparently, Allison Hannigan couldn't stop crying when she had to fake murder it. Supposedly, Jesus Christ, grow the fuck up. Well, yeah. It's a you're deer fake, that, that you're, you're fake murdering. murdering right. Pretend style. Supposedly, the deer was also super hard to work with. It kept wandering off and refused to hit its marks. It's like this deer doesn't want to be murdered. <laughs> It's like it's like this deer doesn't know that it's on screen. Come on, deer, cooperate. Uh, so there you go. Stunt deers do exist, and The Walking Dead are just too cheap to pay for them. Mm. I thought that was particularly funny. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't barter with the deer union. 
They're they're, they're a lot stronger than the they writers are. and directors, and you know they you don't fuck with the Deer Union. They're not the, with their royalties. No, right? No, right? Let them have the what D, they want. The, the, the DU Local Five Hundred One. No, <laughs> you do not want to walk into that hall and say <laughs> say you want to you want to you want a, a salary cut on them. Uh, finally, Jeremy L says has a. A video that he's edited together. He says, Some time ago during one of the Baldwin lunches, I promised to create a video where Rick and friends try to disarm the series of homemade bombs on the highway. Needless to say, in my version, things don't go so well. <laughs> Feel free to share this in the feedback this week. I'll also post a link on the forums. Uh, I don't know if he actually posted this on the forums, but... So did he, uh, did, he did the thing that we... we... Oh, he yes. He did, and it's pretty good. Uh, I'm going to link it in the show notes because it's this crazy long YouTube video uh, <laughs> URL. Uh, but it's like 40 seconds or something right on. long. So, yeah, go go click in the show notes and check that out. It's pretty funny. Yeah. It turns out better than I expected. I, 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 it's, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's a solid idea. Solid idea executed well. Yep. Uh, and that's it. That's all the feedback we've got. And you have any thoughts before we wrap it up for the season? No, man. I just uh, I get I, I hope spring's eternal, but I'm I'm really hoping personally the all out war is concluded in the next eight episodes. Please, if it's not, then it's like it's it's one of those things where it's like you get it either six weeks early spring or six weeks more winter. Like we'll have if if they do not finish all out war in the next eight episodes, then there will be at least six filler episodes next season. Yeah. Which and we'll uh, know that Gimple was not was being liar. honest, right? When he said things are moving faster, right? And if you know, like to the extent that you haven't started writing this yet, Gimple, uh, we don't care about the trash people. No, I don't even need to really see them v- avenge. Like if if they if ran Rick, away, if, yeah. Rick, if Rick, I just need to throw away lines like you know we went back to the trash. They'd all just ran off like cowards. Yeah, we'll never see them again. Took your guns. They wrote a big long note to me, said they took off and they're afraid. And <laughs> Actually, it wasn't that long. It just said, uh, "Afraid took off." <laughs> we go. Afraid we go. We go. We we go. Not bother. <laughs> 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 and that's all I need. That's all I need. Okay. That they were ha- they were they were handled and they're long. And I don't I don't care. I don't need to see their background. Okay. Heath, Heath, let him go. Heath, let let, him... Heath has escaped this show's orbit. He's happier on the the revamp twenty four. Let him go. Eugene dies the bad guy. Yeah, he he yeah. He, he, he's it's too late to die as the hero. He's lived too long. It's time to be the bad guy. I agree. Eugene, bad guy. Uh, Rosita, the uh, die. Yep. Because uh, I don't I don't really want to see your goddamn redemption arc. <laughs> No. Uh, and I definitely don't want her, her to go rogue again. Nope. I, I just I, want her like to be murdered. Maggie, president of the Hilltop, or J- J- Supreme Commander of the Hilltop, totally in on. Yep. Uh, you know, more CGI tigers ripping people apart. Mm-hmm. G- love it. Got to see it. Backseat Gregory. Back. Like he, he, you know what? Sure, he shows up at the Savior Compound, but backseat him. Gregory got Cal alone on the road, confessed his love for them, and Cal completely reciprocated, reciprocated, and they just went off to the west. Yep, they rode off into the literal sunset. Don't need to see him again. Nope. Uh, you know, more Rick and Michonne and, and and Carl. There you go. All right. Uh, more more Enid, more Enid and Carl. Uh huh. Uh, just, just, yeah. No more new characters. Father Gabriel. Keep the guns out of his hands. Turns out, fa- the certain turns out, uh, Gregory and Cal adopted Father Gabriel as their their son. Yep. And everyone's really happy with that. And he's going to go off west too. And there you go. Michonne admits she was never going to hit that shot 
Yeah, if she I'm took not it. even going to try to be the group sniper anymore because yep. this, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's a perfect season eight. Yeah, that's my ideal season eight. And and Rick mounts Negan's head on a spike. Yeah, and Carol rides a tiger. Carol, oh, we're right, Carol. Carol, Carol rides a tiger. And what's Daryl do? We left Daryl out of the equation. He dies. Daryl dies. Yeah, Daryl's outlived his his character arc. <laughs> Uh, Aaron's boyfriend Eric dies in the all-out war, and it's, okay. it's, it's, it's too next season's too soon. Uh-huh. But season nine is going to be the romance of Daryl and Aaron. All right, I like it. All right, we've got that's that's you can take that arc to the bank, deposit it, start earning interest. Uh, we're gonna do that in the off season. So, <laughs> uh, thanks everybody who joined us through this season. We'll come back to a hopefully much faster-paced and improved Walking Dead next Leaner, season. Meaner. Yeah, uh, I somehow doubt it, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, and, you know, in the off season, we have a lot of other shows that we're doing. Um, you don't just have to stick with Walking Dead. We've got uh, Fargo coming back very soon. Better Call Saul just started. The Leftovers is about to start. All those we're covering. A little um, show called Game of Thrones. That'll be back before Walking Dead is, yeah. Yeah, July. Uh, yeah. Stranger Things Season 2, hopefully. Lot, lots. That's coming out on Halloween. So oh, it's going to be I at think, the same time as yeah. Game of or Game of Game of uh, Dead, <laughs> Game of Walking Dead. Thrones. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that'll be exciting. It's a great time of year to release it too. Yeah, if you want to check out all the stuff we do, it's baldmove.com. Go there um, and check out all the other shows we've got because we have a ton of them. Uh, and until next season, I'll see ya. See ya. <laughs>